Before we get into today's episode, we want to tell you that 30 for 30 podcast and the undefeated present the King of Crenshaw. This four-part series examines how Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy impacted the sports world, particularly the NBA. Here, DeMar DeRozan, Isaiah Thomas, and DeMarcus Cousin, among others, explore the realities of life as a black man in America. Nipsey's dedication to South LA and his community and how Nipsey inspired millions. The marathon continues. The King of Crenshaw, listen now on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 30 for 30 film series also presents Once Upon a Time in Queens, a four-part documentary about the city, the swagger, and the wild ride of the 1986 Mets. This documentary explores the epic tale of one of baseball's most dominant and iconic teams in their legendary World Series comeback. Hear from former Mets players and fans, including Daryl Strawberry, Keith Hernandez, Bill Burr, Cindy Lauper, and much more. All four parts of Once Upon a Time in Queens are available to stream on ESPN Plus and the ESPN app right now. You know what makes Modelo special? It's brewed for those with the fighting spirit, and you wouldn't expect anything less from the official beer of the UFC. Modelo was the underdog. It came from humble beginnings, and it never gave up. It's brewed from premium hops to create the crisp Pilsner-style lager, which set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. So the next time you're tuning into a UFC fight card, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner. Modelo, brewed for those with the fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Hey guys, welcome to DC and RC episode two. Ryan, yesterday we talked about the fantastic main event between Volkanovski and Ortega, but there was much more action in Vegas at UFC 266. DC, I like the way that you had to point out to people that Max was your boy. I mean, we obviously know yeah. with the history of this show that Max is truly my boy. That it's starting to <laughs> seem that fighters like me more than they like you. And that's okay, DC, that I have become <laughs> a, a fighter favorite because they are my favorites. <laughs> I think you were taking pictures inside the octagon with oh. champions. Uh this weekend, DC, you want to tell us a little bit about that? And uh, maybe uh, give us a little reason why you needed a picture with this champ. <laughs> this is Valentin. I mean, everybody knows. Right. This is the <laughs> most skilled female fighter in the world, Valentina Shevchenko. And for a long time, I have wanted a photo with the champ. <laughs> I just haven't had the opportunity to ask for it, right? Like <laughs> when I'm in my meetings and I'm doing all these things, I don't want to go, hey, Valentina, can I take a picture? Right. Like when she leaves a fighter meeting or anything like that, right? So what I figured was, and Paul Felder kind of like dared me to do it. He's like, I bet you won't do it. And I was like, okay, I, I want my photo. And so I did it. <laughs> so when I get up there, she's happy, Ryan. She's as happy as she's going to be. Right. This is the moment that she's going to no. be smiling. There's relief. <laughs> she's not going to say no in front of all these people. So I go, hey, champ, I've always wanted a photo. Can somebody snap the picture? And I mean, what a beautiful photo it is. Look at that. What a nice picture. I don't know. Her corner man in the back seems very upset that I asked for the photo. But me and the champ are smiling as big as we can be. And it was it was great. A great photo. DC, you know but what? But second to the performance. You know what strikes me about this photo, DC, 
it looked like you were in a fight more recently than Valentino was. Because there is not a scratch on her, a bruise. She is barely sweating. That was one of the... And she's had dominant performances, DC. This yep. was such yep. a dominant performance. Such a performance laced with, with skill, with, with, with strength. With, with, with strength. She was competing. She came forward the entire night. What's next for her? Like, like what, what other challenges are there for Valentina Shevchenko? And I love Shevchenko. And I love what she said, too. It's like, yeah, you know, they start to doubt as soon as they get in there and feel it. Once they realize that, mm -hmm. that, that, that this is different, that this is no longer uh, pre-fight media, that we're not doing press conferences and your words don't mean anything once we step in here and they lock this cage, who do we see her fight next? And like, I mean, do we need to just see Nunez and Valentina again? What do you think happens for Valentina Shevchenko going forward? RC, look at my hands. Like, you don't like, know. Look at my hands. I, <laughs> you, like, you, like like, you look like Michael I, I Jordan really when don't. he hit his six uh, three-pointer against <laughs> Portland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like against Portland. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm watching dominance in a, in, in a way that I never thought I would see. But I only see that dominance, that type of dominance in one other person. And that's the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. Mm -hmm. It's the only person that dominates in that way. And we saw two fights between the two. And I know Amanda's 2-0. Yeah. But we saw two competitive fights against mm -hmm. the two best female fighters in the world. And I can't envision anyone else challenging Valentina, especially not at 125 pounds. Right. Even if you look at Valentina at 135, I mean, I, I think we were able to get a side-by-side -side shot of Valentina at 35 mm -hmm. and a photo of her at 25. When you look at her... And those weight classes, you could see that she was actually making herself get heavy enough to fight at 35. Yeah. She doesn't look as shredded as she does at, at 125. She dominates, man. And I was listening to the corner of Lauren Murphy. There, look at her. Yeah. Look at the difference, Ryan. At Valentina at 25 and 35. And now it's not a big glaring difference, but look at how ripped she is and how lean she is no, at it's, 125 It's definitely pounds different. She looks like she's bulking. Yeah, she looks like she's bulking up mm -hmm. to fight in a weight class heavier. But it's not like she lost at right. that weight class outside of Amanda. She's so talented that she can fight anywhere and be successful. But I think that she'll stay at 25. She'll continue to beat people up right now. Mm -hmm. And then when the time is right, we'll see her and Amanda lock it up for a third time. And if Amanda has to fight the perfect fight like she did before. Yeah. Amanda presents some different challenges to Valentina though because she's bigger and longer and Amanda doesn't need to rush in because Amanda has championship level experience herself. Yeah. So she's a lead. And if you saw last week in Valentina, as she's shown time and time again, is a fantastic counter striker. She doesn't have those opportunities against Amanda Nunes, a much bigger fighter. Yeah, I, I, think, I think all athletes enjoy dominance sometimes. You know, we, we all want to see people compete and you want to see close finishes and you want to see your champions be pushed, pushed to the brink by adversity. Kind of like we got to see with Alexander Volkanovsky later on in the night or in the next fight in the main event. But there's something about watching Valentina Shevchenko that in a sport that's really brutal, in a sport that's extremely violent, it's beautiful. And I, and I, and I don't, I don't want to say that and seem like the dude that's calling the woman's champ the way she fights beautiful. But it truly is because it's, it's almost graceful and it's extremely tactical. And then as it's graceful 
and it's tactical, all of a sudden it's explosive. And you're watching her dominate. Mm-hmm. You're watching her, her, her toss Lauren Murphy around the octagon. You're watching her land rights that affect her and have her stumbling into the cage. And it's like, it was, it was just pacing. She was constantly stalking, constantly stalking, constantly stalking. And then boom, it was over. But there was never a point in the night where I thought to myself, oh my gosh, Lauren Murphy is in this fight. Oh my gosh, if Lauren Murphy no. changes one more thing, then Valentina Shevchenko is in trouble. In D.C., I've never had to fight. I've never been punched in the face and didn't have to sit on the stool and have people put ice on my neck and give me water I don't really want to drink because my lip is swollen. But I felt like Lauren Murphy's corner was kind of, I don't want to use the word lying. They weren't telling telling the truth to her. How do you feel about, like, do you want your corner to be straight up with you? This is what we need. This is where we are. Or do you want to, do you want them to make you feel good so you can continue fighting in a very happy and fluffy way? Let me tell you something. Bob Cook and Javier Mendez, they never pulled punches, especially Bob. Bob has made me cry on multiple occasions after the fight, even winning, telling me that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. (laughs) It was always straight. Like, tell me the truth when I'm out there. Lauren Murphy's corner did her a disservice. Now, I've seen this many, many times. You know, I remember back in the day, I watched Diego Corrales fight Mm -hmm. um, against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And he was getting outclassed. But his father, yeah, his father was telling him how great he was doing. And you could see the the line being in the late, great Diego Corrales. Um, You can see the line between trainer and father being Mm -hmm. skewed. Yep. Because now you're looking at your kid lose. Mm -hmm. And you can't find the heart to tell him how bad it's going. Right. That's what happened to Lauren Murphy. But then it's a level above, Ryan. You're married. Yeah. Could you imagine sitting your wife on that stool? Nope. And telling her Mm-mm. that you because where does where does that end? Right? Yeah. Where does Lauren Murphy's husband, wife relationship end to being trainer and fighter? Because if I tell my wife something so bad, like you're you look like crap out right. there, you think that stays in the octagon? That might follow you home. DC. You DC. Just, so I own a training facility. My wife don't let me train her, bro. Like, she came in and paid another trainer at the facility that I own, a trainer that works under me, to train her. Because she was like, I refuse to listen to you tell me what to Mm -hmm. do. See? And so I couldn't imagine that. But DC, that's, that's, that's so different because part of it, too, has to be about teaching or helping your fighter protect themselves as well. But but I think she, but I think they have that, right? They have that relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's hard in those moments where things are going bad for your athlete, especially when you have that real personal connection. Right. Right. I mean, they're they're happily married. It's a different level of a connection between, you know, between a husband and a wife or a father and a son or, or a father and a daughter or a mom and a daughter when they're competing. We've seen it in boxing so many times where these guys, these dads just cannot be truthful with their athletes who are yeah. their sons. Well, you know what's and crazy? And I feel like... You know what's crazy, I feel DC? like the... Oh, oh, I feel like... Ryan, I'm sorry. I, I just feel like... What was the expectation for Lauren Murphy on Saturday? Because I felt like it was to survive opposed to winning. Otherwise, there would never be those types of directions coming out of that corner. Yeah, I think... 
when I, I start looking at football and you look at football now, um, Alex Guerrero, who is Tom Brady's trainer, said that Bill Belichick never evolved in the way that he looked at Tom Brady. In 20 years of coaching him, there was never an evolution there. And I think part of that was also training. Like there are certain things New England expects from its players. They do a player combine and they lift a certain amount of weights when they're at camp. And Alex Guerrero didn't believe in those things. And Tom Brady, and I do believe that sometimes those things shift but he always coached Tom Brady like he was just another player on the team. And the reason that they won was because if you were an undrafted free agent who has never played a down, you knew you couldn't cut the fool and act stupid because the greatest of all time is being coached the same way. And then you can look at Pittsburgh to where now Ben Roethlisberger is still there. He wanted one more year. There's not really a secession plan. And I've, I've been in that building. He wasn't always coached the way that we were coached. As Coach Tomlin told us, Coach Tomlin said, you know what? I'm going to treat everybody fair, but I'm not going to treat everybody the same. And so that was what was so mm -hmm. different about football is that it wasn't about that one-on-one -on -one relationship because it had to be part of how it was viewed by a team. And so when you're talking about that father-son relationship, that's one-on-one, -on -one, right? And unless you got siblings that fight as well, you're the only person they have to worry about. Obviously, a husband and wife relationship, that's one-on-one. -on -one. So you don't have to worry about the perception. Level. Right, yeah, you don't have to worry about the perception of how that's seen because it's just y'all too. But I know for me, I wanted to be told exactly what was going on. I wanted to know exactly mm -hmm. what was happening. And not only did I want you to tell me how bad it was, DC, I also would know if you were lying to me. I would know that if I gave up a big play or if I missed a tackle, that it wasn't going well. What I need you to do, though, is tell me how to make it better. So even if I'm not telling you, mm -hmm. hey, you know what, man? Right now, Valentina is whipping the mess out of you. Even if you're not telling me that, even if you're not saying we're way behind on the cards, at least tell me how to get it fixed. Absolutely. We, and we saw that with Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega's corner was very, very truthful yes. with him and told him, you got to go finish him. Right. They told him that from the very beginning. It's not going great. We need to get it right. And I think that um, that's the way you have to corner your athlete mm -hmm. um, in regards to trying to become a champion, especially in the UFC. Great insight about the football, but uh, Alex Guerrero's out of his mind. You can't talk <laughs> about a guy that gave you an opportunity and then you spent 20 years right. and winning six championships <laughs> together. Like, oh yeah, it was so bad. Like, I hated Alex it so Guerrero much. Get out of here, man. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. But Ryan, now it's time to tap in or tap out. And my boy Corporate Jake has the subjects. Corporate Jake, let's go. All right, let's tap in or tap out. With Aljamain Sterling out of his title fight, Brett Okamoto has confirmed that Piotr Jan will face Corey Sanhagen for the interim title. So, DC, tap in or tap out on this new interim title bout? I'm tapping in. Me too. I'm tapping completely. <laughs> we tapping in. What? Are you crazy? Piotr Jan versus Corey Sanhagen? Yeah. I mean, did you say that's the interim title? Look, interim title. Now, RC, I love this fight. It's an exciting fight, maybe even more exciting than the original fight. Yes. Sanhagen lost a very close decision to TJ Dillashaw. Now, I do believe one thing. I believe that Aljamain Sterling accepting the fight and saying, I'll fight, saves him. Because if okay. he would have just said no earlier, maybe they would have stripped him of the belt. Right. But now there's an interim title opposed to it just being an outright championship fight. But I'm absolutely in. I'm tapping in, RC. Yeah, I'm tapping all the way in. And this makes me think back to 
Corey Sanhagen's comments after TJ Dillashaw. And and Corey and Corey saying, you know what? They're telling me I'm still one fight away. You remember that? He said, he said, all yep. I want to know is that I'm one fight away. Well, guess what? This is that one fight. And so for him, you you have to be excited for this opportunity. I do have a question for you though, DC. And you know, with the way that Aljo won the championship and some of the criticism mm-hmm. of him, whether it was, you know, not trying to find a way to fight, which I thought he had no possible way of winning after taking that illegal knee. But after all those things happen, is this to you the actual championship? Like, do you feel like the the the, the person or the fighter that holds the mm-hmm. belt from this fight, which will be the interim belt? is truly the champion and does that add more intrigue to the next fight or for you is it now Aljamain Sterling will be the challenger fighting the champion Aljo can get healthy but Aljamain is the champion right okay. Piotr Jan did something illegal it was his fault RC like it, he didn't have to need Aljo in the head right yep. like Aljamain Sterling for as much as he did wrong after winning the belt in regards to how he uh, uh, was behaving he didn't do anything wrong in the fight Piotr Jan got justly disqualified for throwing an illegal strike that Aljo should not have been expected to continue from. Aljamain's the champion, but he will now have the interim champion, the most legitimate interim championship in the UFC, though. Because if Piotrion wins that belt, now you got the guy that was ahead in the Bantamweight title fight holding the interim championship. You know what makes Modelo special? It's brewed for those with the fighting spirit. And you wouldn't expect anything less from the official beer of the UFC. Modelo was the underdog. It came from humble beginnings and it never gave up. It's brewed from premium hops to create the crisp Pilsner-style lager, which set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. So the next time you're tuning into a UFC fight card, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner. Modelo, brewed for those with the fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Jake. What's the next subject? Tyron Woodley pays up on his tattoo bet with Jake Paul. So, RC, tap in or tap out on Woodley's tattoo? I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. You got to come. Hey, you got to come fight me. Even if even if it's on that finger, I do not care. Because in the end, I got it. One, I wouldn't agree to it in the first place. And maybe you agree to it because you figure you can't lose. And, and you're going to win and, and you're confident and all of these things, but I'm not doing it. I'm not getting nothing <laughs> for no other man tattooed on me. If his name is not mm-hmm. Jordan Clark, mm-hmm. if his name ain't Michael Clark, if his name ain't none of those things, or if he ain't dead, I'm not tattooing nothing on me for you. <laughs> And especially, and you got to beat me way worse than that because there has to be some fear that I can lose the subsequent fight for not getting the tattoo. So hell no, I'm tapping all the way out. I'm doing what I would have done if Ortega would have got me in the same guillotine that he got Alexander Volkanovsky in. Tapping out. I'm tapping completely out, RC. RC, I can't tap out enough. Listen to me. I can't I can't find a way to tap on it. I'm tapping with two hands. I'm tapping like James Tony. Remember when James yes. Tony got caught in that arm triangle yes. against his face? He threw his arms up and wasn't even tapping his body. I'm not really I'm sure why y'all like put him James in there with Couture. Tony, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. Not really sure. I'm tapping completely out. Bro, what is going on, T Wood? I mean, hey man. Hey Ryan. Money you, talks. You, you know when they say 
Hey, right. You know what they say? You can't renege. You can't, can't renege on the base. Man, man, I'm reneging. Reneg I'm reneging, son. I'm telling you exactly what you want to hear, and then I'm not doing it. There's no, no way. No. You tattoo that man's name on you on your body, regardless. You like, gotta fight me again. This is and crazy. It, and, and and I'm sure. It's crazy, man. I'm sure Tyron thought it was cute that he put it on that no, finger, it's not. but I don't it care. It is not. Ryan, yeah. don't matter. Ryan, it don't matter. Yeah, I don't care. Man, go cover that tattoo. Plus, you know Jake Paul was gonna play him. So then Jake Paul, like he put something out saying that Tyron knows how much taxes he gotta pay. Now he wants to get the tattoo. There's no way, man. That dude's tripping. He's tripping. I'm well, not getting no tattoo. Well, I tell you what, Sorry. DC. I tell you what. If we keep doing this show and I keep loving it and having as much fun, maybe I'll just get me a DC and an RC tattoo. This has been so much fun. We got into 266. We got to hear about what the new matchups will be in the UFC. And we still don't know if Shevchenko has any challengers other than Amanda Nunez. So we started with a lot of questions in regards to Valentina and uh, Amanda and everybody else, we still have those same questions. But Ryan, it has also been very fun, obviously. The, the show gets better and better every single week. Corporate Jake has completely come into our house, taking the shoes it off, over the show. and he lays on the couch. I mean, he lives on the couch hey. now. The guy doesn't get off the couch and turn the TV off, but it's been great. It's always fun. I cannot wait till Tuesdays. Guys, make sure you tune in. Subscribe, like, download, watch DNRC next week. Peace.